The views and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entity or organizations. You are listening to the podcast, Tea and Talk, presented to inform, educate, inspire, and encourage meaningful conversations on Bahamian arts and culture. My name is Robert Bain, dancer, teacher, choreographer, and someone who believes in the preservation of all things Bahamian. I am sitting down with persons of like mind to discuss the Bahamian perspective on the arts and the Bahamian way. Now, let's welcome our guest. Hello, hello, hello. This is Robert Bain coming to you with another podcast. Uh, today is Sunday, the 19th of September. Boy, September's just like <laughs> moving away. Uh, but today is Sunday in the Bahamas, and this podcast is coming from the Bahamas. And uh, like I always say, you know, um, at the end of this podcast, hopefully we will all be a bit smarter for it. Uh, today I want to talk about something a little different, uh, but important, and it's also connected. Um, Y'all know why this podcast was uh, established. It was, it was established for persons like myself, persons in the arts. It was uh, uh, established to educate, uh, to inform, educate, um, entertain, uh, at whatever level we choose. But it's uh, our podcast. Uh, today, uh, as always, I am uh, having tea with my guests. Uh, we're having uh, fever grass tea. Uh, uh, we call it uh, we call it fibergrass in the Bahamas, and what else do they call it? They call it something else, right? Lemongrass. That's right, lemongrass tea. But you know, they say I am not. This information I'm giving to you, I know doctor, so you could really consult your own doctor about this. But they said it helps to over uh, um, helps in overcoming diabetes. It treats um, <clears throat> anemia. It overcomes colds and bloating. Uh, it uh, removes toxins from the body, it lowers bad cholesterol, it strengthens the nervous system, it treats skin disease. I didn't even know that. Did you guys know that? Uh, I, know I didn't know that, but it has a lot of benefits. So these things here grow um, uh, natural and right wild in, in the Bahamas, actually. And we are broadcasting from, this podcast is coming from Nassau, Bahamas, one of the islands of the Bahamas. Today, uh, as a guest, uh, my guest, I have two guests. Um, I'm turning the mics on right now in the name of uh, uh, Tossie Pugh, uh, who is an educator, and she'll tell you a bit about herself in a minute. Uh, and then we have Shara Goldsmith. Uh, Shara Goldsmith is uh, a former student, a uh, former member of the National Dance Company, uh, who's also presently uh, um, pursuing higher education. Uh, she's working right now on her master's. Um, so she's going to tell you a bit about about herself, but one of the things that I wanted to talk about today is I wanted to, I wanted to talk about the benefits of um, <clears throat> of well I want to talk about art integration. I want to talk about art integration. I want to talk about uh, um, the effects, the positive effects uh, that uh, can be uh, gotten from emerging art and education that's what we want to talk about a little bit okay um but first of all welcome to tea and talk thank you for having me ecstatic i should give you all a, an applause 
There you go. Applause <laughs> too. <laughs> wow. I'm giving an applause because. Wow. <laughs> oh yes. my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yes. That's amazing. But no, um, no. We want to talk about uh, um, uh, art and education. Um, I don't know. I know very little about it. But I'm gonna, like I say, this whole process. The thing about about this podcast at the end of it should become much smarter. Uh, Tossie, tell 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 me a little bit about who. Tell me who Tossie is. All right. Thanks again, Mr. Bean, firstly, for having me here. And, well, Tossie has been in the public school system, the primary public school system, for 23 years. I've taught at every grade level except grade three. And being an arts enthusiast, I've done a lot of art integration um, in the primary schools to ensure that my students learn and they were active participants in the learning process. So 23 years and then I decided to change up a bit, you know, level up a little and really pursue another passion of mine, still in education, but now I am the owner of the Legacy Training Lab, which is a motivational and inspirational consultancy firm for educators. Uh, we also specialize in curriculum and pedagogy for educators. So we're just trying to ensure that educators are doing their best and being their best at all times. And oh. that's a little bit about me. Oh, interesting, wonderful. And uh, Miss Shara, Shara <laughs> Goldsmith, eh? <laughs> um, well, I am a Grand Bahama native. Um, and I've been dancing and performing arts for oh, over 35 years or so. I started dancing when I was three years old. And my career has spanned three continents. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and now I am working towards um, pursuing my master's in education. Both my parents were educators, Terry and Dorothy Goldsmith from Freeport, Grand Bahama. Um, I spent the last 17 years in the Turks and Caicos where I had my own dance school and dance company. I also taught in the primary school system there um, where I specialized in performing arts and then moved into the classroom um, specializing in early years in special education. I also developed um, the performing arts curriculum and integrated a lot of arts and black history into um, uh, different parts of the curriculum around the school. And for the last year, I have been in Barbados pursuing my master's in education in the psychology of education uh, because my passion is um, working with providing knowledge to students, anyone who wants to learn, in a way that is accessible. Um, so looking at diversity, equity, and inclusion um, within education and using arts and integration as a bridge um, to ensure that we reach all different kinds of learners. There you go. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> that now, is awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, um, art integration has always been a part of us. It has always, from a time that I, I can remember. If anybody remember going into to grade one the first time or learning to, to, to recite the, the, the alphabet, uh, it was what? Through singing. Yeah. Through singing. So and it, dancing. And right. <laughs> there you go. It always existed. So yes. but not being you know, like readily aware of it, you know, we didn't really think of it. Uh, and over the past uh, I should say about three three decades or so, about thirty years or so, 
uh, um, you could correct me if I'm wrong, you know, there has, be, has been an, an awareness of uh, the impact that if you combined um, the arts, two core subjects, if you combine yes. dance yes. and yes. music, uh, if you combine them to a core subject, what, uh, you know, what the, the, the benefits would yes. be, because, yes. you know, you're, you are, the whole idea is to support uh, that income, that student um, outcome, sorry. Um, and it also addresses the, the different types of learning skills because we have kids who are visual, who are auditory, yes. who are reading, writers. Different learning and, styles. And, 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 right. Mm-hmm. So it affects all of those, um, those aspects of, of, of learning. Uh, what are the effects on students uh, studying the arts? What are, some of the, what are some of the effects that you would have experienced um, in the learning process of students who are involved in the arts? Well, I know for me, uh, I had some challenging students at, in, the, in the upper primary. <clears throat> and personally, I realized that for the students who may not have been motivated to study certain core subjects like reading and writing and math, as soon as there was an integration of the arts, they didn't even realize that they were learning those skills. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so <laughs> it, it got them engaged and automatically they didn't even understand that these were the same skills that they were learning, mm-hmm. but they were learning those skills and they became more motivated and inspired and more active in their own learning process. So I know for me that was major. For example, I had a sixth grade level and I had about 60% of that sixth grade were boys. And it's not that they couldn't read, you know, it's just that they were not motivated to read. And so their fluency was really, it was really bad, which then impeded their comprehension. So it was very important for me to figure out how could I get these boys specifically to really want to read. A lot of them were very dramatic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) So mm -hmm. I knew theater (laughs) would be the way, right? right? So... I started to do a lot of readers theater in the classroom with them. So we used plays Mm -hmm. to study reading. And I can tell you that for young men who didn't want to do 30 minutes of reading, that entire reading block went by and they did not want to move the entire reading block. That was like an hour and 15 minutes. When they heard the bell ring for break, they was like, Ms. Strawn, Ms. Strawn, we could, we could finish this off. We could. So it just goes to show mm-hmm. how impactful the arts is in our classrooms mm-hmm. to teach these content and core subjects that many of our children are struggling with. It's a motivating factor because we are linking a lot of their mm-hmm. strengths to the content that they need. Do you think that persons are aware of that? Let's say the powers that be, are they aware of the, the <clears throat> no, seriously, are they, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, are they aware of the benefits? Are they aware of, of anything? Theory, huh? In theory, right? Yes. But the practice of the, implica- uh, the, 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 the actual application of the theories that we learn, uh-huh. At the at, in teacher training uh-huh. 
and, and yes. the, what we're taught to teach. The theory is there. The data is there. <laughs> the research is there. <laughs> but where and what, what um, uh, Tansi was saying about the whole, there's a gap. There's a gap between what we know as teachers and how, how? we're able to practice that yes. Right. Yes. in the classroom. Yes. But what you were saying specifically speaks to the what's missing, and that is engaging yes. these children in a way yes. that intrinsically motivates them Absolutely. to want to learn. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Regardless of what the subject is, mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. we're trying to do is create critical thinkers. We're, we're trying to create um, social and emotional learners. We're trying to, to help them to understand how they themselves learn. Yes. So, no, you're not going to have <laughs> administrative, you know, um, sort of red tape sort of issues. That they're, that they're, it's missing. The yeah. understanding is missing because if you yourself as a, as, a, as a teacher who was once a student never experienced that in the class or didn't realize that's what you were experiencing, because I remember stories of my parents yes. telling me, ways that they would engage students. And my parents were out-of-the-box thinkers. Yes, yes. My, my dad told me a story about how one time he made all the kids get up on the, on stand on the tables to learn the timetables <laughs> and dance around. Yes. And But that's what got them involved, is that's moving the their bodies. Absolutely. And, and the research does show that movement helps cognition. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It helps with the processing of information. The actual neurological function of processing information is assisted by moving the body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And not just moving the body, but expression, mm. creativity. It's so much more than just, you know, a, a sort of objective thing. It's, it's really about enriching the child's experience of the school because the school itself is an institution mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. we're not trying to create little mini prisoners in school <laughs> who you know they they walk in a straight line they do all these things no we want to make sure that we're creating critical thinkers empathic students students who have empathy and compassion you want to make sure that they are able to to engage in their own learning in a way that you don't have to motivate because the single most right. important function, right. uh, uh, sim single most important part of uh, sort of the ingredient in a student's learning outcome is how motivated they are to learn. Intrinsically. Intrinsically, yes. but as well, the, in this, the teacher engaging them in a way. If you know that a teacher cares about you and is engaging you in that way, you can be excited to come excited into the class. Excited to learn, and it doesn't matter what's being taught. Yes, you yes. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think teachers? Um, I mean, I spent forty years as a teacher. Um, do you think all of us, or do you think we're aware of the the uh, art education, the integration of art into into? to the sub, their subject area? Or do you think we're aware of it? Is it something that is taught in teacher training? Is that, is that a process that goes, that happens in, in, in teacher's training? I think many of us are aware of it, Mr. Bean. I think the challenge is how to implement. Um, how to implement is a challenge because it requires you, the teacher, 
to figure it out for yourself in many instances because it's not how our curriculum um, has been created with the integration of the arts. So you now have to figure out how can I make this work? We do have workshops and, and seminars and trainings that lend to teaching these things. But at the end of the day, if you still, you know, you're not the person to come up and say, okay, this is what I want to do. This is how um, I'm going to implement it. It's not going to happen. So unless we make it an intentional thing, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. It can't be haphazard. A lot of what we do as teachers is on our shoulders. I know. And I that's know. the mm-hmm. issue. If we, if we would standardize the things that matter, mm-hmm. education would be in a much better place. And I don't understand why, especially in the primary schools, why art integration isn't key. Why isn't it key? We do have steps in language arts, language arts where uh, you have the visual and you have all of these different types of learning. But Mr. Bain, it is, it, is, it is really important for us to focus on art integration because I have seen the benefits mm-hmm. of it personally as a teacher and as a student. Mm-hmm. I know what it did for me. I was able to develop, I call it my left brain, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I was able to develop my left brain um, through the creative arts, dance and music and theater and, and even art itself. And I know how it has allowed me to become disciplined in so many other aspects of my life, allowed me to be focused in so many aspects of my life. And here's what I notice about art education. It allows children to take risks. Mm -hmm. And risk-taking gives them the confidence to do and to solve problems that they would have the issues of solving, um, let's say in math. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid to solve this problem because I might get in trouble or I don't want another D. Mm -hmm. But that same student in music will pick up that instrument Mm -hmm. and they will take risks with that instrument. The same student will be in drama and they might not know how to approach a certain script, but they would take the risk. Mm-hmm. That same student will, will take a piece of art, right? Um, let's say origami, look at a shape and say, oh, this looks difficult, mm-hmm. but they will take the risk right. to get it done. Yeah. So how are we not making that connection with our students? We know the power of art integration. We need to be intentional about it and stop leaving it just to the powers of the teachers. Well, you know. I'm going to tell you one thing about it. Um, um, I, I was reading somewhere, some, I can't remember where, and I think why why some people well teachers now are really stressed a bit yes. with, the, with the amount of work that they yes. have to do. I mean, it's like they have um, all that. Administrative, <laughs> Let's don't talk no, about I'm more administrative you, work, work than, than any, teaching. Than, than teaching, yes, okay, and absolutely. And, you got and so now, class, uh, millions of students in the class and no support. <sighs> right, and so now, um, if if we were, and I think people in some way checking out a bit. I mean, a little bit because, and and, and, and instead. In addition to preparing 
a, a lesson plan, a traditional lesson plan. Right. You know, right. have to prepare Absolutely. a lesson plan that's also <laughs> that's also art integrated. Art integrated, right. right? Now right. the thing about it that I learned about uh, the the lesson plan that you you are preparing for the, you know that's art integrated, you don't have to really teach like that all the time. But that there are sometimes, for example, if you're teaching a concept, sometimes you prepare a lesson. And God knows you go in there and you want to kill those kids because you repair the lesson the traditional way and it just they don't, don't it doesn't work. Stick. It doesn't, it doesn't work. stick. They don't get it. No. Nope. Right? And then, nope. and then you say, you know something? I can teach this lesson tomorrow. Mm. Same kids. But I'm going to use this lesson plan. Mm. Absolutely. Yes. And so they're able to relate to that lesson right. plan, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so the outcome of that lesson is is successful, right? Um, and I think persons sometimes are afraid. I mean, they, they, the work is so much, you know, but I think at some point uh, we need to start to really, really consider it. I mean, we all know. Listen, I, I don't think you and I are saying anything that persons do not know. Mm. But I know for sure, for one, for, for, for sure, that we all are not round pegs. We all are not square pegs. No. We all are not uh, triangular pegs. We're not, we're not rank, rectangle. And so we, we, we learn differently. Right. And so we have to be able to address that. And I find that when we, for some reason, uh, and we correct me if I'm wrong, uh, um, art integration seems to cover a broad spectrum. Mm-hmm. It seems to touch everybody. Yes, it does. It definitely touches everybody, yeah. and it's it's, it's it meant to be that way. Yes, you know, you are the cre- I think, I think what we're really talking about is the fact that we have to reevaluate and revalue. <laughs> we have to come to a place where we value the arts. That's it in education. That's that we it. understand that academics <laughs> can only take you so far. Mm-hmm. Academics oh, can only teach you so much. The, the, the sort of the structured, rote, chalk and talk style of pedagogy. Mm-hmm. When you activate that creative part of the brain, so much unlocks. You have um, problem solving, you have critical thinking, you have creativity, all these things are entwined. And yes. what that does is that provides the child with more agency mm-hmm. for their own learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like I, t- I, t- I raised my children like this. I've taught, taught other people's children in this way. Um, and my son actually went to his teacher to say, excuse me, I don't <laughs> learn like this. I don't learn this way. Can we try it a different way? Right. But the fact, and his teacher said, you know, none of the other students would advocate for them for their own learning styles in that mm. way. But because, you know, thank God being a child of an educator and being educated myself, I am showing them, my own children, how to uh, advocate for how they learn. Because right. oftentimes, you know, teachers don't have time in the day to teach everybody in their own learning style. However, if and this is what you were saying before, if the curriculum itself is designed in a way that is accessible to all different kinds of learners. Um, I know this is going into a little bit more uh, of the the teacher lingo here, but if you you have something called the universal design for learning, which takes into account the spectrum Mm -hmm. that we see and, and, and understanding that just because some a child doesn't get a concept, it doesn't mean they're less intelligent. Maybe they're just not 
receiving the information in a way that they that they understand. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a communication problem. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not an, an intelligence not an, problem. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So how we present information, concepts, um, the, 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 the way that we bridge gaps, the way that we, we use the classroom as community mm-hmm. um, is important because if you are teaching your students, not the subject, if you're teaching the students, then you're making sure that the information is being dissemin- disseminated in a way that they can access. And if they're not accessing it, Try a different way. You know, um, not to interrupt, it's no, no. interesting. Um, I did a workshop some time ago, and I did it because of my son, uh, my last child. Uh, he's now 30. <laughs> but um, the workshop was based around, um, but the, there's a book written about it. It's called The Mind of Boys. Mm. But I can see this um, reflected in other areas. Uh, I can use that as an analogy and what Charles talking about just honoring the way each child learn and all that the lady used an example of a a lighthouse mm-hmm. around those lighthouse there are all these different tugs each one of those tugs represent a different level of learning mm-hmm. uh, style of, of learning now you're trying to get those every one of those tugs to avoid hitting that lighthouse. <laughs> but you cannot, the thing about it, you cannot give a general, you cannot make a general announcement and mm-hmm. say, lighthouse, you're right. going to hit it. Right. You have to speak to each one of them. Each dog has a different way. signal. It, a right. different signal. Right. And you have to speak to them differently. That's, how, that's why it's important to get to know yes, your, your students. students. Absolutely. If you care about them. If, and, 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 and it's such a reciprocal relationship because if you care about them, then they open up in a way that's different. They know that you care. And that's the biggest factor. When, you, when, when I ask you, um, 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 you remember, if you remember your favorite teacher, <laughs> right? Why is that person your favorite teacher? Mm. Yeah. Oftentimes, the answer is going to be because some, somewhere along the line, somewhere, somehow they, they made you feel a certain yes. way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not because of what they taught, or maybe they was funny, I don't know. You know, maybe you learned learned a lot in that class, but usually it's about how they made you feel. Right. And that just breaks down all the barriers. Yeah. If, if kids know that you care about them, they tr- they trust you, they come to you with their problem, they want to, 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 to uh, you know, to not to prove themselves in a way they don't, they don't need to, in my eyes, they don't need to, but it, 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 it just breaks down a lot of the barriers, that sort of authoritarian way of teaching where you do as you're told, you sit down and <laughs> you can't, you can't fidget, you can't, anything, anything you do that's not sitting still and, and sort of normal, it's wrong, it's seen it's as bad. rude, disrespectful, right. disruptive, right. or whatever, but, but maybe that child is neurodivergent. Maybe that child has a learning disorder that they, that, that it's been undiagnosed. Right. You know, you have such a large population of students that 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 is the actual issue. You know, you don't know whether it's neurodivergence, maybe it's a learning disability, um, maybe it's a a trauma, you know, but if you're not really engaging them, if you're not making sure that you get to know them, if you just think that the way they're behaving is because they're rude or they're bad, or they're dumb, then (laughs) you're causing harm. Join me for the second part of this conversation with Tossie Pugh and Shara Goldsmith. You're listening to T.
and talk. The views and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entity or organizations.